0: how we doing welcome back to the recap i'm here today no bryce this week apparently a kid's more important than a hockey podcast ridiculous Uh, (laughs) um so i got our good buddy mike Keeley back on he's filling in uh you know we got that good chemistry so he's a he's a fine stand in for bryce how you doing today keels
1: i'm doing well and bryce um you know if you're not careful i'm gonna take your job permanently so (laughs) So you might want to re, you know, reconsider your priorities next time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, no shout out Bryce. Uh, he does have one uh, red hot take he sent me last night, so he will get his take uh, put out on the podcast here. Um, but basically, you know, it's been a couple of weeks. We went through round one. Uh, we're a little bit into round two scheduling. Kind of made it tough, like I said. So we're a little late on it, but we're here now. So we're gonna talk through each division, talk round one, talk round two, and Keels, I'll I'll let you dealer's choice. Where what division you want to start in? What do you what are you feeling?
1: Um, let's uh, let's start up in
0: Canada. Start All with- right, let's start up in Canada. I was debating whether to lead it off or end it with this one because I think Canada has just honestly put out some of the best storylines so far in this playoff and not good, not good for the teams that uh, the stories are being about. So um, basically to recap, we got, we'll start with Toronto and the Canadians Um, actually let's start with Edmonton and Winnipeg. So (laughs) we don't, we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to (laughs) start off too hot. So we'll start with Edmonton and Winnipeg, Winnipeg, surprisingly, um, you know, they got in, they've been a solid team for a few years. And But Edmonton looked great. I thought for sure them and Toronto were on a collision course, and Winnipeg comes in and sweeps them. Uh, I mean, pretty much all close games. Uh, duh, what, two overtimes and one double overtime. Uh, big story, the first couple of games, really the big guns, McDavid and Dreitzitzel kind of got shut down. And ultimately, it's what me and Bryce had said all along, and I'm sure you mentioned – or thought this at one point keels, but pretty much (laughs) Edmonton, you just have to shut down those two guys, which, you know, granted is not easy to do, but playoff hockey is a little bit different, a little more physical. And after that, they, they had nothing.
1: You know, when we go back to our prediction show a couple of weeks ago, I think we did pretty well, except for this division. Um, you know, like you said, most of us had Toronto and Edmonton. And I, I know I definitely had Edmonton coming out of the division, um, and yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it. They're a one line team, and that was exposed. But man, I did not expect those two guys just to not show up. I mean, I thought after the year McDavid had, he would be on a mission to prove something. And this looks really bad on him. I mean, you can't take anything away from the season he had. But in the end, you're going to be remembered by the Stanley Cups you win. You know what you do when when things are on the line. And there was already uh, there was already a. Some people throwing criticism his way of kind of just beating up on weaker teams throughout the year. And we talked about it on that episode that and, I, you know, I, I made the point that I don't really buy into that because NHL players are NHL players and everybody is, is there for a reason. And I still believe that. But it gives ammunition now to those people that did give him a hard time and say, oh, he just beat up on Calgary and Vancouver and Ottawa all year. Um, because look what happens when he the spotlight's on him and he can't get it done. And Winnipeg was a team that really shouldn't have scared Edmonton. I mean, their, their defense was pretty bad all season long. They were probably the weakest team to make the playoffs in the whole league and to get swept, man. And, and yeah, I mean, those overtime games, a bounce that could have gone either way. So um, it's not like they blew him out. But just the lack of production from McDavid and Dreisaitl is it's going to go on their resume, and uh, if you're an Oilers fan, you hope that it fuels them now going into next season. But you know, we talk. You know, and we're going to get to the disappointment of the Leafs in a moment. But the Oilers, man, it, it's that's got to be a huge disappointment for their fan base. Definitely, and
0: it does have to be nice for Dreisaitl though that he can, you know not play the best like that not produce like he was supposed to and he just kind of flies under the radar because Connor mcdavid's there like if he was on you know what i mean if he's if he's on any other team he's the number one star basically because he is what probably he's easily top five best player in the league i'd say maybe three after mcdavid and mckinnon um so he kind of gets a skate by but uh yeah, no, it's it's definitely disappointing, especially the sweep too was was crazy to me. I thought maybe you know Hellebuck is a great goalie, didn't have the best season, played well here, obviously, and I thought you know they might be able to grind out a, a seven game series win just because of what I said, like if you're able to shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl, but I didn't think they're going to be able to basically do it for four games straight. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, and, and what and this applies to the other series in this division too, but would fans have made a difference, you know, Um, if, if Edmonton was able to have their fans in the building, I mean, yes, they played the whole season without fans, but we know what extra uh, extra factor that could be in the playoffs. Um, And they're not going to make excuses, but I I certainly think there's a chance. So, well, I think there's no chance they would have been swept had they had fans in the building. So, um, you know, another thing to, to kind of add into it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it looked like Winnipeg was ready to play like grimy playoff hockey and yeah, Edmonton played like it was just any other game. And I, I mean, you see it every, every year you can't, you can't play like that.
1: It's a completely and, different and, and game. And we should, give Winnipeg, we should give Winnipeg credit. Yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody was giving them a chance. I mean, they were a team that people thought, okay, well they, they were, a, they were a, a, a beneficiary of a weak division. Uh, that they wouldn't have gotten in if the division wasn't so bad, and that's probably true. But hey, give them credit; they were they had something to prove, and they proved it. And now, I mean they 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 get the favorable you think favorable opponent now, um, although it didn't go their way last night. But you know they have a they have a chance that things have, could fall their way. Yeah, and
0: last thing on McDavid is yeah, I he's get he's getting to that point. You know, the first few years you can kind of be like. You know he's young, he's young, and then he did have that run to the Western Conference Final, um, literally by himself basically, and so you kind of get a little bit of the past there, but he's getting to that point where it's going to start to be, <laughs> I hate to say it, but OVS, where it's like, all right, dude, you're, you know, you're not, for them not getting past the second round for McDavid now, like, I mean, you you looked, it's exactly what we've been saying all year, weak division, it was ripe to get to the to the final four and he blows one of his best chances he'll probably have so a lot of work for that front office to do interested to see what they do in the offseason um you know for them it's pretty obvious where their weakness lies it's you know depth scoring um and although their defense it was definitely better this year they could still use another you know solid defenseman or two um, and then they they still need a goalie. Yeah, that's been their problem all along. And another team, though, that uh, doesn't have their weaknesses so easily identified uh, for their offseason is the Toronto Maple Leafs, who go into the first round and do exactly what the Toronto Maple Leafs do, and that's lose. <laughs> and I think on our predictions, one, I think I did actually say that I, I mean, I said, obviously, that I thought Toronto was going to win because they are a much, much better roster up and down than Montreal. But I said two things. I said Carey Price can always steal a, steal a series. He's the best goalie, in my opinion, since Martin Brodeur. We, he's been the best goalie for the last decade. And, you know, not right at this very moment, but I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. overall. Um, and then two This is just what Toronto does. They lose in the first round.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. You think every time there's a team that has that reputation, you think, okay, well, it can't happen every year. It can't happen this year. You know, they have, they have clearly the better team and, but there's, you know, and I know this better than anyone for being a Sabres fan. When you have a culture that is so steeped and and you know what I was, I'm also a Chicago Cubs fan, 108 years without winning a world series. Like that is something that is hard to overcome I don't care how good of a team you have it's always in the back of your mind it adds a, it adds a little extra pressure and Toronto's in a market obviously that has one of the craziest fan bases uh, in the league if not the craziest and the you know those are diehards like no other and again they didn't have their fans except for the you know the 550 healthcare workers in game seven which obviously did not help them much Um <laughs> You know, not, not, not saying anything bad about those 550. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they, they did their best to cheer them on, but um, it's really amazing. I mean, they had a 3-1 lead, a stranglehold in the series, um, games five and seven at home. And God, I mean, you're right. You're right. A goaltender is the ultimate X factor in a playoff series. He can steal games. That's what Carey Price did. He stole games. The timeliness of his saves particularly in game seven, which was the one game that I watched the entire, the whole thing. Um, And, you know, Montreal scored those two quick goals, take a two nothing lead and Toronto had their push. And every time he was asked to make a key save, he did. And and that was the difference. But man, how could this happen again to Leafs nation? And they just got to be sitting there wondering, what do we have to do? I know, seriously. And and that's, (laughs) that's the
0: worst thing is that at least Edmonton, you know what the problem is. You need a goalie. You need depth scoring. With Toronto, what do you do? You had – you have two – I mean, Frederick Anderson didn't have a good year, but he's normally one of the best goalies in the league. Jack Campbell played really well, uh, you know, aside from a couple – well, I'm saying in general, he played really well. Obviously, mm-hmm. the last three games he didn't play great, but well, – I mean, their defense is, <laughs> is great. Uh, like they have three very good defensemen on the back end to, to lead it off. Their offense is ridiculous. I know you lost Tavares, which sucks, but yeah. I, I don't see an excuse. I mean, that that, that was a
1: factor. I mean, he's, he's their captain. He brings a lot of experience. Um, You know, don't, we shouldn't downplay the impact that it had. And remember, they still, they still went up three to one without him. But I think, I think that that is that played a role. I think, Campbell's inexperience in playoff hockey caught up to him. I mean, we've seen it a lot, you know, goaltenders, young, you know, I guess the exception is uh, Bennington who obviously went uh, all the way and won the Stanley cup final. But I mean, you know, a, a guy like Carey price, he literally out veteran Jack Campbell in the goaltending battle. Um, so I think that was part of it, but yeah, I mean, they were a better team in every as- aspect except goaltending yep, well, and even- look what happened
0: even without John Tavares that that roster is better much better than Montreal's roster minus goaltending goaltending is the only category that i would give uh montreal the advantage and but if you did it by the numbers for this year on it i don't even think it is because like i said Carey Price had a down year yeah, didn't. i just think there's no excuse because even you lose your captain it's the playoffs dude that's something yes. you have to rally like, you have to rally around that if anything that should motivate you that one of their players took out your captain and it's you true. want to beat them. And then instead of doing that, you blow a three, one lead. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and if you watch game seven from the start, they looked like a team that was scared to make a mistake. And and someone even mentioned one of the broadcasters mentioned it. And I think it was Dominic Moore and um, he was right. And and that's not something that is rare for a game seven because teams are going to be tentative. They don't want to be the one that costs them the game in the series, but Toronto should have felt confident going in because of all the things we said, that they had the better roster and they just looked like a team that had too much pressure on them. That was worried about choking, choking it away. And it was a self-fulfilling prophecy really. <laughs> and it happened. And um, it's tough. I, I definitely feel for that fan base. And um, it's just, just similar, similar to Winnipeg. We should give credit to Montreal. They embraced the underdog role mm-hmm. and Now they have a chance to do something special.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I I just, I don't know where Toronto goes from here, but we can uh, move on. So now Montreal moves on and matches up against Winnipeg. And I didn't really know what to expect from the series, but they got into it game one. Uh, It was a, it was a pretty good game. Uh, Canadians, you know, pull away. Uh, but it was it was a solid game throughout um, and then of course we get some nice controversy we've gotten a lot of you know hits penalties whatever it is a lot of talk about that in these playoffs so far and Mark Shifley the other night just you sent me the clip keels and I didn't I I don't know I didn't see I don't know I guess I just missed that that part of it I don't really know why I was watching the game I must have just I don't know looked away where wasn't paying attention when it when that happened but yeah so you sent me the clip I watched the clip and I my first my immediate thought is he's he's gone he's done for the series and I just saw come across my desk here he got four games so more or less uh, you know he's pretty close to done for the series four games um uh, looking at the at first, I thought it was a, a high hit. I guess I still haven't really looked at great angles of it, but it kind of it doesn't really look like a high hit. Um, and but regardless, it is it's charging. I mean, he skated exactly. all the way across the ice to to yeah. knock the guy's head off. And one thing, and then I'll I'll let you hop in keels. But I was listening to Chicklets this morning, and you know normally they're pretty. I usually agree with what they're saying about these suspensions and things like that. And, oh yeah, I'm not a big suspension guy Four games. I'm not mad about it. I wouldn't have, do I think he should have got a suspension? Yes. Give him a game. I don't really care. I'm not a big like suspend someone forever guy, but um, I mean, it was definitely a penalty. I think he should be punished for it. So he did four games, maybe a little excessive, but anyways, back to, so chicklets, they were saying they were defending him and saying that that hit was a guy playing hard to prevent a goal from winning that game. I have never disagreed with more than with something I have said about, a, uh, you know, a controversial play. Yep. There was no intent to go for that puck. He was pissed. His team was down in the playoffs. He saw red. He went directly at that guy and killed him. He was purposely trying to do that. He had no intention of trying to get keep that puck out of the net. He knew the game was over. He was going for blood.
1: I completely completely agree, and it's funny that you used the term he saw red because that's the exact way I described it. We were talking about it in the Mariners' office today, and um, that's exactly what it was. He was frustrated about the way the game was, maybe about the way he played, um, and he saw maybe an excuse because that's probably – after the fact he realized how hurt Evans was, he probably felt bad about it, but he, as he was throwing the hit, he probably thought, okay, well, I can at least say I was trying to prevent the goal, but you watch it. There was no way that was going to happen. He made no attempt to play the puck, which would be the better way (laughs) to try to prevent the goal. At least stick your Um, stick out. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Exactly. In fact, I remember a play. um, God, it was in the glory days of the Sabres. And I think they were playing Montreal and Thomas Vanek was skating in with an empty net. He was going to put it in and, uh, it was Sheld- Sheldon Sure, Remember him Yeah, uh, yeah from Montreal? Oh, just two-handed him. Just two-handed oh, him over yeah. the wrist. I <laughs> uh, could have broken I remember his that wrist.
0: play. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was the first thing that came to my mind. And it, so, like, the actual hit itself, you're right, it's a charging, and that's the way the league described it in, the, the, um, in the, their, their uh, language about it. Um, so the defenders will say it's just a two-minute charging penalty. There's nothing – it wasn't a high hit. There was nothing legal but it's just kind of a Bush league play. It's an unnecessary play. Um, It's something, it's just like an, uh, one of those unwritten rule things kind of similar to the Tom Wilson, you know, uh, his action of um, punching boost average in the back of the head when he's down on the ice, that's kind of the same way I see it. It's just an unnecessary play. Um, And so I think the suspension is probably right on. I mean, Kadri getting, some people will be upset that he didn't get as many as Kadri got probably but uh, at the same time, you know, it is you, you don't want to dictate a series by suspending a team's captain and one of their best players uh, in a situation like this. So I think it's a pre- happy medium in, in a year that we've criticized the Department of Player Safety a lot for their decisions. I think they probably got this one right. And I think Shifley probably does have some remorse about it now. I don't know that he's given a statement or anything, but um. You know, definitely a play you don't like to see, and I think for the most part, I guess everyone except the Spit and Chicklets guys we're, were pretty much on the same page from what I've seen. Well, uh, Bryce was
0: not on our same page either. He, uh, this was his take. I will quote, I in quotations, his words, not mine. I have a hot take. Maybe Jake fucking Evans should pick his head up when trying to rap on an empty net. The most you should give Shifley is charging. Evans left himself very vulnerable.
1: Yeah, I don't know, Bryce. <laughs> I think uh, I think Bryce is just trying to play devil's advocate or something.
0: Yeah, but, I
1: mean, he was lackadaisical
0: on the play, but I still don't think it, it. It's because, but because I think that's that situation happens all the time, and
1: yeah. It's you different know, than it's different. It's than an skating unwritten
0: through, rule. It's like
1: it, yes, it's different than skating through the neutral zone with your head down. If you're doing that, you should expect to get hit. Yeah, this is not a situation where you should expect to get hit. Um, no, you know, I so I can't agree with you, Bryce. But maybe the next time mm-hmm. the three of us are on, we can have a longer <laughs> conversation because I don't want to bash Bryce without him being able to defend himself. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, that's um, that's fair. Well, one more thing I wanted to say about the series is to your first point about not knowing what to expect. And I think that's because we didn't expect both of these teams to be here, right? You thought maybe one of them would pull an upset and we'd either have Toronto versus Winnipeg or Edmonton versus Montreal, Mm -hmm. but not Montreal versus Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see what we get because we didn't really think that this would be the matchup we would have.
0: Yeah. Honestly, out of all the divisions, I thought this one was the most locked up because of what we saw all year that Edmonton and Toronto really separated themselves from the rest of the division and uh, as sports is as sports does you know we're completely wrong
1: so that's why they play the games
0: yeah exactly uh all right we will move to the i don't even know what they call this southeast south division uh, it's a central central oh yep what, what are you yeah.
1: talking about carolina Florida is
0: you know florida is fixated yeah. oh no i'm talking about Tampa and Florida.
1: Yeah, that's the central. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, you know. it was, I mean, it was the Southeast back in the day. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. With Washington, was in it?
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know, Florida, yeah, conveniently located in the center of the United States, <laughs> as we all know. Um, so anyway, so we'll move here. So uh kick it off with the uh, you know, the battle of Florida. Um, everybody was pretty excited about this series. Um I thought it was going to be a little more competitive than it was. I guess, you know, it goes six games, but honestly it didn't really pull me in as much as I thought it would. Um, Goaltending was a big question mark with Florida. I heard someone talking the other day saying, I wonder what would have happened if they would have just played Spencer Knight every game would have been a different series. Uh, Cause he, he played pretty well for a guy who, you know, has never played a playoff game. So, um, but yeah, I mean, th- Tampa continues to be Tampa. They're just an absolute wagon. That what a what an unreal move to have your best player sit out. Probably, I mean, I've heard different things, but it basically sounded like Kucherov could have played like a month or two of the season, and they were just like, and eh, just sit out. You know, like he could have played like fifteen games maybe, and they were just like, why don't you just sit out those fifteen games and we'll try and win a Stanley Cup? <laughs> All
1: right, that's amazing. It's amazing that a player would have the ability to do that when he scored in his first game back right uh pretty amazing um you know i thought after watching that first game i was like we're in for a heck of a series here it was just back and forth and it looked like it was going to go to overtime and then tampa scored in the final minute and then game three was kind of the same you know six five uh but then tampa eventually went up three one in the series and they started to kind of flex their muscles and um if you remember i i picked tampa to win the series back when we had our last podcast Mm -hmm. and the last time you guys had me on and um you know I felt it was their experience you know uh that was you know, these Florida guys don't have a lot of playoff experience most of them and at least not playing together and I think I thought that was going to be a difference and it certainly proved to be and just too much offense power play just phenomenal as we knew it would be it got better with the addition of those guys and um You know, it's definitely a disappointing uh, performance from Florida, who had the home ice advantage and a really good season. But um, tough, just a tough draw for them to get Tampa.
0: Definitely. I do think, though, that they did, they're in a good spot as an organization. Um, I think they're going to continue to trend upwards. I think they're going to be similar to a team that we're about to talk to and a team that's playing right now uh as, as in carolina and islanders who were you know traditionally kind of a joke and have become you know every year they're in it in competitive so um yeah i don't think florida i don't think anyone really is surprised that they lost uh i think they're in a good spot q is good there really their biggest thing is they really need to and i don't know what you do but they really need to get that uh Bobrovsky contract off their hands somehow. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if they try and pawn them off on Seattle somehow. Seattle, I, yeah. I, I, I,
1: Seattle. I oh, there's going to be a lot of people, or a lot of teams trying to pawn off bad contracts yeah. on Seattle. Maybe yeah. they'll yeah. budge on one.
0: <laughs> so I don't know what happens there, but uh, that's, that's tough because they could use that space to bring in a couple more two or three more, you know, really solid players to round out their lineup. And yeah, so they need to figure that out. I don't know what they do there. But anyways, moving on to the other matchup, um, I said in our predictions that I thought Carolina was going to just walk all over Nashville. I thought it was going to be a sweep. Uh, It was actually a pretty competitive series. Um, I watched more of this series than I did of the Florida Tampa series. Um, Good, solid games. Um, Predators put up a fight. UC Saros is disgusting. He's so good. Um, he, you know, sh- Predators. They just they just uh, produce goalies and defensemen. <laughs> they just need to get some some forwards in there to to help it. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty competitive series. A fun series to watch. But I think in the end, Carolina was just too good for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if Game Three had gone differently and Carolina had found a way to win that in double overtime. Uh, might've been a sweep, but they, uh, Nashville got momentum, man, that building was rock. Both buildings were rocking Mm -hmm. in this series. It was great. It was definitely the most normal feeling series, uh, as far as fans in the building. Um, so they got momentum after that game three win and they win game four and what the other two, the next five and six also went to overtime. So definitely, definitely could have gone either way. Um, you know, Soros like price, the great equalizer, goaltending, um, but, uh, you know, Carolina, to their credit, again, we talked about it. Rod Brindamore, a guy that has done more with less, doesn't really have a star-studded roster, um, but has a very good team, has guys that play together. Uh, did you see that great clip in, uh, from the Carolina locker room where he, he called his dad? They one of the overtime wins, it was his dad's birthday, Rod's dad, and he called yes, him yes. and uh, had the team sing him happy birthday in locker room. Yeah. It was a great, great clip. Um, yeah. So – I think, uh, yeah, not necessarily surprised by the outcome either. Um, but I'm not surprised that Nashville, you know, made this a series. And um, it was good and competitive. And uh, But um, Carolina is definitely, <laughs> definitely looking like, as we'll get to in a minute here, uh, that uh, they're going to s- struggle to try to figure out Tampa Bay. Yeah, definitely. And
0: did you see one last thing on this? Did you see the tweet that the Hurricanes – uh, oh yes posted a, after couple, the game. a
1: couple of tweets they had the savage twitter game uh, yeah uh, they do have a yes. savage
0: twitter game so yeah. for anyone who didn't see it after beating <laughs> the predators they posted there they put up a tweet that had like a banner hanging ceremony and it had three banners it says tyler <laughs> tyler Luan crushed a beer for anyone who saw that clip that tyler Won plays for the titans he uh they credited him for helping them win that double overtime game because he crushed a beer and then they won or whatever the story goes. Uh, second banner Creed played during intermission <laughs> and third banner, second loudest house in the NHL. So. Oh my goodness. That is,
1: I mean, give, give, give their social media team a race. Just yeah. give them a raise. They, they yeah. earned it. Yeah. And then the predators blocked one Twitter. <laughs> that uh, was that was that real i see i thought that yeah, that, I, would, that was fake that was I real
0: i don't know maybe uh, as far I as mean, i know it was real if you're I if mean, you're sure the predator
1: was... if you're the predator social media team and you're gonna get so salty that you're gonna block the other guys like don't you know that's gonna be used against you like yeah th- think a couple moves ahead i mean maybe maybe it did happen i could i could see that they that the person was just pissed off that much that they were like I can't even read these tweets anymore. I'm gonna hit the block button. But man, yeah. once you do that, you're sealing your own fate.
0: I know, seriously. I <laughs> I think that was a miscalculation. I think they did it in like a you know. Like, uh, I don't know. I think they probably thought it was funny. Like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we just blocked them? Because, like, why would a, an NHL team block another NHL team? But, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that was uh, not the move. But I don't think they really no. had a move in that situation because anything True. they came back with was not going to be
1: yeah.
0: uh, good enough. Um, That's right.
1: That's
0: right. So, moving on here, yeah, Carolina is going to play Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is up 2 to nothing. going back to Tampa Bay. This series is over. <laughs> it's over. I mean,
1: both, both games were two to one, so it's not like there were blowouts. But no. it, you're, they're not coming back from this. I mean, the, um, Tampa Bay is too good. They're, yeah. they're too good. They're very good at home. Uh, you can't make mistakes against them or they will score a bunch of goals on power play. Uh, yep. um, it, maybe Rod Brindamore will hear this podcast and will play it in the locker room. And yeah, fire hey, up the team. And, yeah, and hey, you know you're free. You're you're free to do it. Uh, we'll we'll take the exposure. Yep. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't see him coming back. I
0: don't. Yeah, that Hurricanes guy on Twitter have him post the clip. Just make sure you tag us in the in the tweet <laughs> um, so everybody can laugh at our in our faces when you come back and win. Um, that's fine with me as long as more people listen to it. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> you can get uh, yourself a second brand new headset with the money. that. You yeah, there with. you go. Yeah,
0: exactly. So yeah, I'm with you. I just, Tampa Bay is just too good. They have, you know, all those forwards, their defense. I, again, listening to Chickens earlier, I just, they brought up something that like kind of you forget about, but they just have Ryan McDonough as their third defenseman Ryan McDonough is a bona fide number one defenseman on pretty much any team in the NHL and he's just their yeah. third option on defense yeah. after Sergachev and Hedman it's crazy um Vasilevsky is absurd you he's probably going to win the Vesna again unless they want to throw like a a legacy you know, whatever pity Vesna to Marc-Andre Fleury um <laughs> But yeah. yeah, he's probably going to win it again. He's the best goalie. Their their forwards group is disgusting. They're so deep. Their third line would be a s- second, possibly first line on a lot of teams. It's just stupid the roster they put together. And I mean, it can't it can't last forever. But I'm not. I won't be surprised if they go back to back, and that's really hard to do. But they have the roster to do it. I mean, I just they're so yeah. Good. And, and you <laughs> know
1: what? Like as much as they won it last year. Yep. Don't you think they're motivated to win it with their fans in attendance this time? For sure, I mean, for sure. What what a letdown that must have been. I mean, winning the Stanley Cup is never a letdown. But no. what you know what could have been, right? I'm sure a lot of those mm-hmm. guys felt they were slightly uh, shortchanged in a way mm-hmm. out of a celebration. I mean, even when they raised the banner, I mean, I think maybe there were some people in there. I think they did a second banner raising when they could have fans. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's – it's – uh it's 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 unfortunate for Carolina that they lost both of those if you lose the first two games at home I don't care what sport you're talking about it is the odds are badly stacked against you
0: so especially when you're playing against a team that is just yeah I mean you know they got what three players better than their best player three Three four five players but yeah I know I mean they they can still do it Carolina is is a very good team but I just don't see it happening but um Anyways, we can move on here to the West, probably. I forget all and the it's names. The West, but... yes, correct. Okay. The um, Honda West. The Honda West, yes, the Honda West. Um, so we'll start out with Colorado. Uh, pretty boring series. I, you know, I would turn every game on for a little bit, and then it was just kind of clear that you know, St. Louis didn't really belong in the same arena as them. Um, I, I mean, know.
1: Colorado's looking like nobody belongs in the
0: series. Yep, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Goodness. Yeah, so, I, I mean, what is – uh, yeah, Nathan McKinnon has something stupid, like I don't even know. Sorry. He's got like – I want to look this up real quick. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I don't know. I don't know if this was just the first series or the whole playoffs. He, had, he had, I'm seeing eight goals here.
0: Yeah, eight goals. Okay, so eight, he has eight goals in six games, 13 points. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, he is, and I've heard this around too, that, you know, because for me and most other people, it's kind of like, he's probably number two in the league behind McDavid, but I mean, if he carries his team all the way to a Stanley cup, I, you kind of can't really say he's not the best player. I mean, granted he has a much better roster around him, but they're so close in skill that if he is the, or maybe not say like the most skilled, but like the guy you want to build your team around because he did it. You know what I mean? He, he led a team all the way at, whereas McDavid has not been able to do that. Um, but he just looks so good. Their team is so good. He's so fast. He just moves. He's a cheat. Code. He, he has
1: cheat taken code. over. He's taking over, taking over games at the level that McDavid could not in the playoffs. Um, And, you know, he, it feels like he's flown under the radar. Like you had like diehard hockey fans, like you and I and Bryce know who he is and know that he's a top five player in the NHL, potentially top three. Um, But the casual fan may not. And even though Colorado has been pretty good, you know, they're not where they were the days of Joe Sackett, Peter Forsberg and (laughs) Patrick Wah. Like they, they were a mainstream team back then. They haven't gotten back to that level and so he has flown under the radar but he has stepped into the spotlight and done what mcdavid was unable to do for edmonton and of course they have a much deeper team than edmonton so he's got a supporting cast of characters mm-hmm. that have been able to and and, and bona fide superstars too um you know Landeskog, makar rantan all these guys, I mean, these are players that provide so much depth and they have looked like a juggernaut. I mean, nobody can stop them from scoring. Vegas has not been able to do so now and not to jump ahead, but yeah, this, this first round was no contest. And I thought maybe St. Louis would still have a little bit of that Stanley cup, uh, grit and fight in them from a couple of years ago. I mean, I know it was three years ago now, but, um, it wasn't, wasn't there. And, uh, Colorado looked like the president's winning trophy team, which they were. Yep. I,
0: you know, I. someone else said this as well too, is that like, it just seems like McKinnon just has like a extra competitive gear. And I'm sure like, obviously McDavid wants to win, but it just seems like he has got that feeling of like OV in 2018, where he's just absolutely locked in. Like, nothing can stop him he wants this so badly and i mean he has the team to do it i think that's part of it i think it's it's different like we've been saying where mcdavid has to show up every day and he's more worried about i have to do everything whereas mckinnon can just show up and be like you know he can just play his game he doesn't have to worry about picking up the slack for the rest of his team because the rest of his team is sick and um actually i don't know if you were on but I don't know if this was the episode we were on or the last episode we did, but I said that Connor McDavid is the best player ever. So I don't know if you missed yeah, that. Yeah, I think but, I was on that. Okay, yeah. So Sounds anyways, familiar. I still believe that, but I just think that Nathan McKinnon, if he can bring this team all the way, it's going to, you know, it's going to be like a... Because they're essentially our, this new generation's Crosby and Ovechkin, and they're yep. always going to be compared to each other. Um, you know, where that that's just going to happen. So like, so right now, McDavid is, is in the OV position and McKinnon's looking like he can be in the Crosby position if he, if he wins this one. Um, But we'll, we'll talk more about him in a second. Let's go to Vegas in the wild. Uh, This was a super fun series to watch. I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, Me and Bryce have kind of dogged the wild all along for being old and, rickety and needed to switch something up, but, you know, Bill Garrett and really did it. I mean, he infused some young guys into the lineup and and it helped. I mean, Vegas is, is again, similar to some of these other series we talked about. They're just a better roster, but I was not expecting this to go seven games and honestly going into game seven, I wouldn't have been surprised if, if the wild pulled off the upset.
1: I, I agree. I mean, and I, I was talking to someone about this the other day, Uh, I feel like game sevens, and you saw it with Toronto, um, the home team often is at a disadvantage because they feel the pressure. Obviously Toronto felt the pressure, but, you know, even in any game seven situation, you don't want to let down your home fans. Um, And especially after they had, just like Toronto, Vegas had a 3-1 lead in this series. They end up, Minnesota ends up taking them to a seventh game. I thought this is wide open for for the Wild to – pull this off. And, um, to Vegas's credit, you know, they, they played very well in that game seven, but, um, I thought most people that I heard talking about this division in the playoffs that Minnesota was going to give Vegas more of a fight than St. Louis was going to give Colorado. And that obviously is what happened. And I think now that you're, you might be seeing the effects of that in the second round series, but, um, yeah. I mean, after Vegas went up three, one, I certainly thought it was over. I didn't think Minnesota had anything left and uh, they, they showed something. I mean, they've, they've got a future. Uh, Kaprizov is obviously for real. He's going to be the uh, runaway rookie of the year or Calder trophy, I should say. And um, they, uh, they definitely um, had a, a surprise season that I think their fans can now have a lot to feel good about. And um as far as Vegas goes, they found a way. I mean, it's never easy to win any playoff series. So they, they should, they shouldn't feel like being taken to seven was a humiliating thing. Um, But I do think being forced to seven games while Colorado sat around and had a lot of time to rest um, is going to play against them. And so far it has.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I agree with you. It's nothing to shake your head at really in I mean, really, in any series because it's the playoffs. It's a completely different game. Um, definitely, Kirill Kirill Kaprizov is is awesome. He's so fun to watch, and I think they're another good, they're another team, much like Florida, that is moving in the right direction. Which some of these teams that lost this year cannot say the same. So, I think if you're a Wild fan, you can feel good about where your team is at. Um, or where it's going, I should say, because they're not, you know, where you want them to be. But I think they can make a few moves and really shore it up. And, you know, as Kuril gets older, he's obviously going to become better. I mean, in, in theory. Um, so, you know, you put some, some other good players around him and you're, you're headed in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And I think it's- players want to go there. Like Minnesota is mm. a great hockey market. I lived out there for three years um they have some of the most knowledgeable fans and um you know they they they're going to attract free agents so
0: for sure exactly I think the reason they weren't attracting free agents is because they were kind of just in limbo for so long but I think people are going to want to play with Kirill think about you know people are going to want to be you know passing him the puck because it's going to make them look good it's the it's the you know crosby effect with some of those like chris kunitz and guys like that or who literally whoever you put on his line ends up making like seven sheets their next contract so it's like people are going to want to play with that guy yeah um yeah uh i had one other thought i can't remember it oh zach parise Mm -hmm. uh, that whole situation was weird uh getting benched and then you know getting in scoring a goal and then now like he had these comments after the series that kind of like were passive aggressive that he's kind of pissed off with how things were handled um but i mean if i'm the wild i'm <laughs> that's another guy you're trying to pawn off to not not because he's a bad i don't think he's you know completely washed up and a bad player i think he can still contribute but it's a bad contract you're not getting i think he's making like 7 you're not getting 7 million dollars worth of production out of him um in a team that needs to get younger get some other players in there so i think that money could be better used elsewhere so that may be one you see where they try and pawn them off to the kraken or maybe maybe send him to a team that's you know thinks that has cup aspirations that just needs like a you know like a, a good third line guy or something or top you know middle six guy and you know maybe they eat half the salary or something
1: yeah i mean he he's 36 years old um only had seven goals in the regular season um you know I, I really though if you look at his stats this was really the first year of his decline to yeah. your point about not being washed up I mean he had two years ago he had 61 points in uh 18-19 and then 46 points in 69 games in 1920 that's not bad 25 goals uh and then just uh, yeah I mean his decline has, has started but um I mean, he's a guy that has playoff experience and leadership um so certainly there'll be a, if he wants to keep playing there will be a team that um i'm sure you could unload him too oh he has four more
0: years at seven and a half million
1: that never mind maybe not so easy off yeah yeah that i is. just
0: looked it up um yeah. yeah so i think really the only solution here is they're gonna have to eat some of that cap or buy him out or something but i i wouldn't hate um him going to the crack, and I think you've seen with Vegas with like a Paul Stastny, Max Pacioretty. I mean, they're not quite; a, they weren't quite as declined, but I think those are guys that were on a down slope, and I think people forget about it because they're so important to the team now. But they were kind of on a downslope and then they went there and were great players. So it's like, you know, if you can get the Wild to eat half that and give you like a first rounder and you get Zach Parise and he finds his game again.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're going to need somebody to be a leader of that team. I mean, you, Mm -hmm. most of the players you're going to get are going to be cast offs from teams that expose them in the expansion draft. And maybe you get a free agent or two that has some veteran leadership, but um, yeah, I mean that you would think that would be an attractive situation for Parise himself and for the Kraken, but yeah, four years, a lot of money, yeah. Uh, against your cap is not uh, ideal. Nope.
0: Uh, a lot of wild talk there. We're going to be the numbers are going to be popping in Minnesota this week. That's right.
1: <laughs> I know some people. I know some people. We can send There you them go. In.
0: Yep. Make sure you're yeah. putting it out there, pumping it to them. Uh, maybe we'll get some retweets, whatever. Um, but all right. So let's move on here to, you know, the second round in this division. Uh, Avalanche. Come in game one. Weird move by Vegas to start Leonard. I guess they yeah. I don't know. I'm hearing people were like, oh, they wanted to give Mark Andre less cause because they thought they were gonna lose anyways. It's like, why would you ever go into the game thinking that? But whatever. Anyways, I know they're all about the two goalie thing, but and I mean, I guess probably it wouldn't have mattered if they had Flurry in or not, but Avalanche come in and after however long of rest they hadn't absolutely walked them. What was it? Six, one, seven, seven. one, seven, one McKinnon. Again, just literally, I, I remember I was, you know, I was watching the game and then I was out at the bar. So I was kind of like half watching it, half watching. It. I think like, I don't know, Celtics were on getting thrashed or something. So I was kind of paying attention to that too. And then I just look over and I see McKinnon, uh, at center ice, get like a half step on the defenseman, and I was like, this is, he's gone. And sure enough, he zip before the, the defenseman even turns around. This is like at the red line, basically. Before the defenseman even tur- pivots, McKinnon is down, toe drag, or a half toe drag, shelves it. Before the guy even thought about what to do next. It was crazy.
1: I was at the main Nordiques game this night, and yep. It was a much more competitive game <laughs> than, than this game was. Uh, it was actually a great game. It was a, It was game five of their playoff series against New Jersey. Um, and it was nice. To, it was a good atmosphere. They had about 500 people in huh. there, which might not sound like a lot. But, you know, they played most of their season with no fans. So I had a good time. But, um, yeah, Colorado, um, you know, dominant. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I did not stay up to watch last night's game. But Aww. 3-2 in overtime, that's tough. Uh, for Vegas, that they, they really needed that. They now they do obviously they are home the next two. So unlike the uh, Carolina, unlike the Hurricanes, they I think have a shot here. But somehow you've got to shut down this offense. Also, I don't really understand the two goalie thing. It <laughs> seems to me that there are more teams doing that this playoffs than I've ever seen before. And maybe it's because this season was more like that with uh, games a lot more games in a shorter span of time. So you had the backup playing a lot more, but. I've always been a opponent of that um, in a playoff series. I think it messes with the head of the goaltenders that they just, you know, goalies are kind of head cases. This is how they are. And it's the psychological game that messes them up. If you play them like every other game. And after Fleury had won game seven against Minnesota, I do not understand the move of not playing him in game one. He's your guy. He's won Stanley cups before um I that did not make sense you're right though seven one I don't think it made a difference but sometimes teams play different in front of you know a goalie a and goalie b so I don't know it's uh I don't like the fact that teams are doing that but I don't know that anything's stopping Colorado right now they seem to be a team on a mission and I they have to still be the favorite to win it all at this moment yeah I think so
0: as well and yeah like last thing on the goalie thing i think you're right first of all guys nominated for the vesna so it's like what what are we doing uh i get it if it's like he was coming off like say flurry one game seven and then he goes game one and he gets blown out six one then maybe it's like all right maybe he needs you know maybe he needs a maintenance night but like on the other hand too i mean i get that leonard's great but he's coming in kind of cold into a game one against the best team in the league. And now his confidence is shot. Like, even if they wanted to pull that card later in the series, you really can't because the last time he went in, he got shelled, especially if it happens to be against the avalanche. And it's just, I don't know. It, it's well, what's the move. last
1: Stanley cup champion. You can recall that platooned their goaltenders through the playoffs. I can't even think of one. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I,
1: I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe. there's, there's definitely seems- been
0: teams that have swapped back and forth, but, you, yeah, not, like, consciously pl- platoon the goalies. Yeah. Um, I mean, it never Islanders did it last year, but they didn't win. Uh,
1: exactly. It,
0: I, I think it's usually – like I said, I don't mind a goalie switch. Like, think about 2018, Capitals started off the playoffs with Grubauer, and then Holpe took the net back, and I think it fired them up to be like – I have the net back. You are not getting this net back. Exactly.
1: And same with Bennington in, in mm-hmm. uh, St. Louis. And yep. so that that's, but once that guy takes the reins, he keeps it. Exactly. And you don't, the platoon thing doesn't fly all the way to the Stanley cup finals. It just doesn't. It just
0: doesn't exactly. Work. I don't, I do not hate first round or whatever, whatever round really, I guess it doesn't matter. Your goalie is slipping. He's letting in some bad goals and then swapping it. But I don't think you can consciously be like, all right, game one, Leonard's going. Game two, what are they going to – are they going to play Leonard again? Probably not. Well, maybe right. they will, but they shouldn't. So it's just – it's weird to me. And also, Keels, I was so happy last night because I didn't have to go into work till late today, so I was able to stay up for the game. And honestly, it was the best game, I, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, you know, it's kind of recency bias, but that was probably the best game I've watched of this playoffs. It was so fun to watch. Uh, Avalanche are, are crazy fun to watch. Um, and then Vegas is obviously a good team too. It was all back and forth, back and forth. And then overtime was great. Uh, again, McKinnon just wanted the puck. You saw him like over on the sideboard. He's like, I want the puck. I want the puck. I want the puck. They give it to him. He skates around. He's like, I'm going to make something happen right here. Skates around, finds Ranton, and Ranton snipes it. And it's like McDamon, uh, McKinnon was not going to be denied there. Uh, it was it was crazy the whole play. Like I, I said,
1: know. he's taking over games. He just mm-hmm. takes over games, and exactly
0: and he's making a statement. Yep, exactly. Like it was, he was standing like kind of right by the defenseman, and you could tell he was just like, "Give me the, <laughs> give me the puck." And the defenseman <laughs> just like slid it over going like, "All right, dude." And he literally just skated like did a figure eight on the wall for two or three times, and then saw Rantanen get open, zipped it to him, goal. Like he was, he was either gonna get in and score or do that. So. And that's huge when you have a guy like that, that he can just skate back and forth, draw everybody's attention away. It opens up a play like that to Mika Rantanen. Um, Uh, Not to
1: uh, change the subject, but I don't know if you saw Carolina took a one nothing lead. Oh, I did see that. In Tampa. So, hey, they heard us. They were listening. Yeah, they did. I don't know how because we're not live anywhere, but they heard us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um,
0: But yeah, so I
1: think that.
0: Vegas is a little bit better off than Carolina is whereas they're going home but yeah. I like I said I don't see Colorado anyway Colorado doesn't win this or uh, to me it's looking like Colorado and Tampa is on a, are on a collision course um I think whoever wins Vegas and Colorado which like I said I I think is Colorado um, is going to definitely beat montreal or winnipeg um we'll get into production predictions once we're done here but all right we move to the east last division let's go final stretch so um we'll start real quick with penguins versus islanders which is literally the most boring matchup of all time i say it every time they play i think i've said it on this podcast three or four times this year where it's like Yep. Islanders and penguins played for the 19th time last night. And guess what? It was boring as hell. And I don't even, I barely, I would throw it on in the background while I was doing other stuff just to like keep up with the game, but it's just so boring.
1: Well, I want to take a victory lap because I said on this podcast, this Did. was an upset waiting to happen. And it played out that way. And even after Pittsburgh was up 2 one in the series, I really didn't feel like that the Islanders were afraid. In fact, I think the Islanders are maybe the most resilient team in this playoffs, um, and you saw it in Game Two against Boston after they blew the lead in the third, still found a way to win in overtime. There I go again, jumping ahead. But mm. um, I, you know, they're built for the playoffs. Like we, you and I both mentioned that last time I was on, and um, you know, they don't, they do play boring hockey. It's Lou Lamoriello hockey. His Devils teams were boring too, but they get mm. results. They win. You want that guy as GM in your team because you win. And um, you know, it was uh I, I thought some of the games were pretty good. I mean, game one um was a four-three in overtime, game five double overtime. Uh it had its moments, but I think, yeah, I mean, you're watching a game. If you watch that game and then you go and watch Florida versus Tampa Bay, <laughs> or you watch Colorado against Vegas, like you said, uh, you know, it's it's like watching two different sports almost. Um, but hey, that's you know, teams have different styles and that's yeah. the beauty of this hockey is someone's style is going to win out, but uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I like seeing um, the underdog uh, get it done. And even though I predicted it, Islanders were definitely the underdog as far as seating went. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, that it played out the way I thought it would. And um, now we'll see uh, how they, uh, how they do against Boston.
0: Yeah. And you know, all I gotta say left about, about this, uh, you know, the Islanders is, uh you know, they're just a really well coached team. They just have a great coach who comes in and puts a great system that's <laughs> built to win Stanley Cups. And, you know, I really wish we had one of those coaches, you know, um, he'd be a great guy to have on the Capitals. Like, you know, maybe we'd be um, in contention for Stanley Cups and stuff. But <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I uh, forgot. Uh, yeah, we want to Stanley cup with him and also let him walk for no Portland reason. Pirate. And now we're shout out huh?
1: Portland Pirates alum. Portland, yes, Pirates shout alum. Out
0: Portland Pirates. Alum. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Barry Trotz. So I'll love him until the day I die. He brought me and the Washington Capitals, the Stanley cup. And then we let him walk, which I did not think was a big deal at the time, but every single day he rubs that in my face uh, because it is hugely important. Uh, as we can tell by the way that Peter Laviolette coached in the first round, which was pretty bad. Uh, he just did absolutely nothing to change anything about the team. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if you know, but we're hopping ahead now. Uh, he basically kept getting no results from the offense and continued to just put the same guys in the lineup every night. Daniel Sprong didn't play till like the third or fourth game. He was literally one of the biggest surprises of the season. I have no idea why he was not in the starting lineup right away. Um, we, but it, it happened exactly. Like I said, is that If the Capitals couldn't get back to being healthy, they were probably going to lose, and they didn't. Kuznetsov was out with COVID, and Ilya Samsonov was out with COVID, and then Kuznetsov comes back in and, I mean, was fine. I don't – whatever. He didn't really change the series. Samsonov did play really well, which I was very happy about for the most part, other than his utterly stupid play where he – got into a miscommunication with Justin Schultz and loses game three uh, after playing stellar all game after they, I thought, you know, outplayed them the whole game and could have, should have won that game. They, he screws it up and that's a routine play that I, you know, you can kind of blame on the fact that he hadn't practiced or played in a few weeks and really missed half the season more than half the is season that the game, you is that yes, the game you were at yes yes oh, I did geez. I did go to that game oh, um, it is tough and I do have a story from that game that I'll tell once I'm done ranting here uh, game two also they should have challenged that goal because it seems like every whether it's ticky tacky or not uh, where McAvoy ran into uh, I don't even know who was playing goalie. <laughs> Craig Anderson. We started Craig Anderson. We had to put Craig Anderson in that for two games. <laughs> Anyways, I think they should have challenged it because we've seen a bunch of other goals like that actually where literally it seems like any amount of touching the goalie regardless of if it's uh incidental or not is getting called back. So they should have challenged it. They didn't whatever they took a risk. And I think that was the turning point once they, you know, and then they lose that game in overtime and, you know, you're down 2 one at, at Boston. And it was just, you know, Boston looks great. The Boston looks really good. Taylor Hall, huge addition. Um, it's really helped to round out their forward group. Uh, they, they play hard. They're very skilled. I mean, they're, they're a solid team. I think right now I'd, I'd put them as the third the third best team remaining. So, and I think really the only team with the, with a realistic chance to upset Tampa and then possibly upset Colorado.
1: Yeah, no, I, they, yeah. I mean, they, they deserve to win the series. I mean, obviously the first three games went to overtime. So um, again, we've talked about this with other series. It could definitely could have gone a different way, um, if a puck could bounce one way or another, and actually, I thought Craig yeah. Anderson played well in Game One. He did. He did. Uh, helped them help them win that game, <laughs> but um, I, you know, I mentioned it when we made our predictions. I thought Boston had the better goaltending, even if everyone was healthy, and um, I think that was the case. Boston again is built to play a playoff style hockey. Hall does give them an extra skill guy, so it kind of balances that out nicely. Uh, he's certainly playing better hockey than he did in Buffalo you know, obviously he's more motivated. He's got better <laughs> linemates, um, all these things he wanted to be there and, uh, mm-hmm. good, good for him. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, I, I definitely did not think this series was going to be five. I, de- I was definitely surprised by that even with all the injuries and things that the Capitals had. Um, and, uh, but Hey, credits to Boston, you know, they, they locked it down, especially in those last two games, only one goal allowed. And, um, they uh, they look like, uh, like you said, a, a team that could win it all.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it was still like a competitive series. Like 4-1 doesn't really tell the whole story. I mean, it was what, f- yep. three or four even of those games went to overtime? Um, the first three. The first three, okay. So the first three went to overtime, One double overtime. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, it was more competitive series, but you just look through the laundry list of, of players on the capitals that were hurt, too. Ovechkin was hurt. Backstrom was hurt. Tom Wilson was hurt. Evgeny Kuznetsov out with illness. Ilyas uh, Samsonov out with illness. Um, Who else? I don't even know. Basically, if you look, oh, oh, she was hurt as well. Lars Eller was hurt. So that's, you know, seven and seven of our best players. I mean, the only, the only one of our, you know, top six forwards who wasn't hurt was, uh, (laughs) mantha yeah uh (laughs) hurt or you know sick or whatever so it's like yeah you know it's tough they just they looked good all year and then as soon as these injuries started happening i just i had a bad feeling because they just got sick at the wrong time and or hurt or sick at the wrong time and you know it sucks and the bruins got healthy at the right time so you know sometimes that happens i'm not like totally disappointed uh so we'll see what they do in the offseason. Should be an interesting one. I I don't know if they're going to keep Kuznetsov. Honestly, I don't really care at this point. I've been a defender of him for a long time, but he's really been increasingly not. I mean, I'd rather you spend that money elsewhere. Put Connor McM move Connor McMichael up, play him on the second or third line. Put Lars Eller second or third line center. He continues to get better, and that Lars Eller does um, give Connor McMichael a shot. Capitals are old now. Got to get some youth in there, Um, use, you know, his 7 million elsewhere. But we'll see what happens. Um, Oh, so story. Sorry. So, yeah. So I went to game three, my first live, uh, you know, live sporting event, limited capacity at TD Garden. Um, Also so stupid how they set it up. It was socially distanced, but so, you know, but it was by row. So I'm. You know so you're sitting you're in shoulder my row, to shoulder with somebody. I'm, I'm sitting in my row, and you know, there's eight seats to my left empty, and eight seats to my or six, whatever it was. Six seats, to okay. my and then, but down below, it's the same row, but I have someone sitting directly oh. in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Why would you not stack? You know what I mean? Why would it not be this row here, this, this row in front? Like, it made no sense. Yeah. Like, no one was socially distanced, everyone was right next to each other, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> but whatever. I mean whatever I just just happy to be there I don't really care um uh so anyways yeah we don't need to get on that so you know we have these these people in front of us is one of the girls first games you know obviously I'm wearing all my capitals garb so I'm kind of you know asking to get into it a little bit it's fine whatever they're they're nice about it you know most of the time you go to games and it's it's kind of fun you chirp back and forth like you're yelling you know I'm cheering on the goals they're booing me you know it's like a fun little thing whatever yep so we're going back and forth with this this guy in front of us. He's, he's a good, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I yell out something to Marshawn because I'm starting to get, you know, it, it was whatever, back and forth, back and forth. And they were starting to give it to me. So I yelled something about Marshawn. this guy turns around and licks me, licks my leg. Yeah. What? He licked what? me. Because I I said something like, Marshawn got in some guy's face, and I was like, oh, why don't you lick him? Like some harmless joke. This guy turns around and licks me. And again, I am all for chirping back and forth, playful banter, whatever you want to tell me, yada, yada, whatever. But when you lick me, that is way off sides. That
1: is, yes. Yes. Yes, that so is.
0: Anyways, I get up and I just move immediately because I got to get out of there because I'm fuming. I'm like, I need to move because I'm telling the guy, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you need to apologize. I was like, you need to apologize for that.
1: Like, what what are you doing? It's not normal.
0: Yeah. I, not normal behavior. You know, because then he's trying to go back and forth like we were. I'm like, no, dude, you just licked me. This is not friendly anymore.
1: Did that, were there witnesses to this? Did anybody oh, else yeah. see it? Everybody,
0: everybody around us. So I'm like, dude, like I'm basically telling I don't know exactly what I said, but I basically like, you need to like say you're sorry or whatever. Like amend this because, and anyways, he, and he's just not, he's like, Oh, well I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Blah, blah, blah. So I literally, I had to get up and I walked away to a different row. I went, sat in a different row because I was like, if I stay here, I'm going to throttle this guy, <laughs> And you know I'm not big into getting into fights or anything like that, but I have never been so angry in my life. So anyways, I'm sitting off to the side and then I was there with my dad and he's like talking to the guy. And I then my dad comes by, he's like, oh, you want something from the food center or something? I'm like, why are you talking to this guy still? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, he licked me. He's like, what? So he goes over and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I apologize. I apologize. So he comes back over and he's like, you said you apologize. Why? You're still mad about it? I was like, dude, he has not said anything to me. He never apologized for anything. So anyways, cut the story a little bit short. He ended up coming over after, you know, my dad went back and was like, no, you never said anything. You never apologize. Like, that's not right. Blah, blah, whatever. He ends up coming over. He uh, does apologize, buys me a beer. And, you know, it was fine after that. But it's just like that. I was I was baffled. I've never seen that before. My, I mean, I've obviously never yeah. had anything like that happen to me before. But I mean, I that,
1: there's you know, there's invading someone's personal space, and then there's that. And yeah, I mean, if the guy you better be careful who he's doing that to because exactly. someone could press charges. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is exactly yeah, that
0: like is, you know whatever you get you get a guy who's a little handsy like whatever he's uh you know he turns around and you know smacks you on the leg or something and yeah whatever he's being a little uh, like takes a little too seriously and you're like oh dude it's not cool it's like whatever but dude once bodily fluids no we're not doing that we're not doing that don't be an asshole chirp at each other make fun of each other i can take that i condition out i can take it that's fine with me but no so anyways, that was my long story no, there. I had to is, get that, that off is, my chest because that was, that was, was that the craziest thing ever. And like I said, the guy, shut, the guy did amend it. So it's, it's all good, but oh man, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> anyways, wow. back to the game that's being played right now that I'm watching, uh, Bruins Islanders, this has been a pretty good series so far. Um, these two teams, you know, the Islanders actually owned the Bruins all season long. Um, and they're playing competitive series right now with Sorokin. He's really good. Um, they're sticking with him over Varlamov, it looks like, and he's played well. And same kind of things, as we said, they're, they're built for playoff hockey. They keep it low scoring. So they always have a chance. Um, you know, they have guys like Paul Mary now, Matt Barzell, so that, you know, as long as they keep it tight, they can always score that last second goal or like the other night you saw they you know, they score in overtime. So.
1: Yeah, well, and actually, just to correct you, Varlamov's in there right now.
0: Oh, um, I didn't see. Okay, I didn't notice. The okay,
1: yeah, so it's him. And he, he, so he played game two. But I actually think Sorokin's outplayed him in the playoffs. Yeah. I think he... Oh, it, he Va- Varlamov had bad. a very good regular season. He had that shutout streak. Uh, and he's actually probably a Vezina candidate. I don't know if he was listed as a finalist or not, but... He was um, not. You know, He definitely was probably fourth or fifth then. Um, but... Again, with the dueling goaltenders, I'm I'm not a fan, but um, I think this series is destined to go seven. Um, You know, the first two games, like, again, like you had game two, there were stretches where Boston dominated, and then that middle of the second period where the Islanders dominated and maybe some questionable goals were scored. But, again, the resilience to give up two goals in the third, most teams are going to lose in overtime after you blow a 3-1 lead in the third. They found a way to win. They're a very opportunistic team. They have speed. You give them a breakaway. They're going to make you pay. That's what happened in overtime in game two. Um, they're really good on their home ice as we speak. And we're recording this podcast. Boston's up one nothing early in the third. Um, so we'll see ha- what ends up happening. But I fully expect this series to be two, two going back to Boston. And I would not be surprised at all if it go seven, six at minimum at this point. And, um, definitely has been the most competitive of all the second round series. You could say, even though I guess the, there's only been one game played in the North, but everything else is two Oh, and this is the only one, one, one. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see who comes out of here. And I definitely, especially if Tampa ends up sweeping that series or if it's a short series there, and then this is a long series, that could be a big advantage for Tampa um, sure. going into that next round. So um, it'll be interesting, but um, it's, it's evenly matched. No question. Definitely.
0: I, yeah, this is not like if, uh, you know, Vegas somehow beats Colorado or Carolina somehow beats Tampa. I'll be surprised. I won't be surprised. if the Islanders pull this out for all the reasons that we've, we've mentioned ad nauseum. I do think the Bruins are the better team, better players, everything they're, they're going on the power play right now. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, they just keep Islanders just keep it close enough to, uh, make it interesting that all they need is one, one bounce. And yeah, exactly. I think you're right. It's going to go, it's going to go seven games. Um, my uh, dad and also me, not, not a big um, fan of your boy, Mike Riley, that uh, came over to Bruin his play the other night. I don't know what he was doing. He was playing so bad. Uh, the game. Yeah. It would have been game two. He was playing really bad, but anyway, why is
1: he my boy? Why is he my boy? He played for Buffalo. Mike Riley? No, he didn't. I thought we I they thinking, got him from Buffalo. You're thinking of someone else. Are you thinking of Curtis Lazar?
0: Let me see here. Oh, yep. Nope, I am. I am. I thought Mike Riley came over with Taylor Hall. That's my bad. Not
1: different trade, separate trade. Yep.
0: Wow, a tough, tough... Uh podcast for me that's two two That's all one. right i'm yeah. not doing good with the islanders Bruins series right now maybe i'm a little distracted by the game but um anyways <laughs> so that you know that covers all the series um let's go through here kills we'll just give our predictions and then we can uh, wrap it up so um we'll kind of go back to the way where we started so i think montreal is going to win this series uh, i think carrie price is going to continue to do carry price things um, I think it'll be pretty competitive because I think these teams are kind of on a, on a pretty even playing field. So I'll say Montreal wins it in six. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think Winnipeg might have used up all their good luck charms in the first round. Um, and even though I guess you can say they certainly dominated more than Montreal did. Um, Canadians, I think, are a more complete team, better defensive team, definitely have a better goaltender. Um, I'm going to say five. I mean, you know, it's all all these series have started, so there's a bias, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say Montreal in five.
0: Okay. Five. Um, Tampa Bay versus Carolina. I do think Carolina will bounce back maybe win a game, maybe two, I think they definitely need to win the next game to have any chance. So I'll say Tampa Bay will win this one in five.
1: Well, it is two to one Carolina in the late in the second right now in game three we as we're recording. Uh, but, man, I mean, that game is not is far from over. And if Tampa Bay comes back and goes up three, oh, man, they got a good chance to sweep even. But mm-hmm. I think you're right. I mean, Carolina, they're, they're a good team and they have pride there. They're, they're not going to lay, lay down. So let's say they hold on tonight. Maybe I I can, I could see it going six. Maybe they take when it goes back to Carolina, they can win one. So I'll go Tampa Bay in six.
0: All right. And then moving up to the West, we'll do, I think this is going to be my hot take. I think Colorado is going to win all four. I think they're going to sweep. I don't, I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be close. The next two games are going to be one goal games, overtime games, whatever it may be, but I think they're going to sweep.
1: Well, as much as that sounds like a hot take, I mean, they're 6-0 and so far. I haven't lost mm-hmm. in the playoffs, but yeah, I mean, God, I mean, I think I had Vegas winning the Cup when we did our predictions last time. Um, so just for the sake of that, I'm not going to say they get swept. I I don't think they're coming back, though. Um, even though game two was overtime, I, I just don't... Colorado, man, you just can't stop that offensive train. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I'll say Vegas takes one at this point, but
0: um, abs in five all right uh actually i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna double down i think the avalanche won't lose until the stanley cup final i think they're gonna wow. win every single game till the stanley cup final well wow. probably yeah. would be the first team to ever do that i'd imagine i mean maybe at uh, maybe 50 years ago but definitely within our yeah, lifetime. i can't i can't think, I you can't can't think, think of any can you no, no, I no that's it that's nba type stuff right there and then I think um, last one over here, uh, <laughs> I, I I honestly don't know. I I just for some reason have a feeling the Islanders are going to win. But last podcast, I said that the Bruins were going to go all the way to the Stanley Cup. So it's kind of tough for me <laughs> to walk that back. But um, I'll, say, I'll say the Bruins, you know, they're up 1-0 right now. I'll say they... They win tonight. Islanders win the next game. I I say they'll win in seven. Bruins do.
1: Bruins in seven. Yeah, man. It's so funny. I say say it every year that I can't pick against. It's just like every time you want to pick against Boston, they prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, in any sport, (laughs) if there's one team that can beat them, I really do think it's a silent. I just like their resiliency. And I like they can get outplayed for long portions of games. And still find a way to win. They steal games. Exactly. That's exactly uh, gonna... how so, I think so, they're yeah. going. Uh, Let's go. I'm going
0: to go with the Islanders instead. He's going to ride
1: the Isles. Let's go. is going
0: to ride the Islanders all the way to a Stanley Cup. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Harry Trotz, number going? one fan,
0: Michael Keels. Are we going to
1: continue then? Are we going to continue down the predictions?
0: Yeah, you want to? Okay. We yeah, can. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: good
0: with it. I'm good. All right. So we'll, so, I mean, we'll... it's going
1: to be. It's gonna be. We know what the seeding is gonna be, right? Because it's gonna be the West versus the North. And the, no,
0: I actually read the other day it's highest seed. So
1: yeah, it bud. would be. Oh, no matter what, right, isn't the highest seed going to be the West and the lowest going to be the North? I don't know. Um, because like whoever The comes highest seed out of, is the West, Colorado will be the, the number one seed no matter
0: what if they win. So if we go by so Colorado. So well, we, we go back. Colorado. We so we agreed on three of these. So it would be, yeah. um, Montreal Colorado, would Montreal. Montreal would be the bottom seed. So Colorado would yes. So Colorado would play Montreal. You're correct. Either either yeah. way, and then it would be Tampa Bay versus Bruins or Islanders. It, yeah. it, that's what it'll be. So, okay. So then we'll start with Montreal versus Avalanche. You know, I already told you uh, Avalanche aren't going to lose a game to the Stanley Cup. Yeah.
1: I mean, it would have to be one of those Herculean. Carey Price. Carey Price would have to literally play the best hockey of his career, and um, the magic is going to run out. So, mm-hmm. uh, are we going games? So, are you going to say sweet Colorado? I said four, sweet yeah, yeah. Montreal. Uh, I'll give Carey Price a game. Give me Colorado right. over Montreal right. in five.
0: I can see I can't see that happening them just you know getting the one yeah. you get the clips of the, the Montreal fans going nuts saying like oh yeah, yeah we're, we'll be back next year or whatever yeah. um all right and then so on the other side I have Bruins versus Tampa then I'll say Bruins win that in also seven games
1: man that'd be a lot of hockey for them mm-hmm.
0: um They've done it before when they won the Stanley Cup. They played three seven-game series.
1: I think Tampa would handle the Islanders pretty well, Um, I think. Mm -hmm. I think the defensive style of the Islanders would have trouble containing Tampa's attack, and then you have Vasilevsky there. So um, I I would have Tampa returning to the Stanley Cup finals here, Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say, in six over the Islanders.
0: Yeah, that's what I realistically think will happen, but I kind of just think it's boring to take the chalk the rest of the way because I am going to take the avalanche to win it against, I think, yeah, I just don't see them losing. Honestly, I hope it's them versus Tampa because I think that will go six or seven games. Honestly, I think if they play the Bruins, they might just they might just roll the Bruins. I don't know. Probably not. It'll probably be a deep series either way. Um but yeah, I mean I see Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup in How honestly five or six games. I don't <laughs> I don't even think it'll go seven.
1: So they'd go like 12 and uh, two in the yeah, that's what playoffs. I'm saying. Like if they do
0: yeah. it's kind of like so I'm a weird type of person where I think about things as in storylines. So it's like I think if Montreal, you know, beats Colorado in a game. Then okay, you know maybe it'll it'll chink the armor a little bit, and you know maybe they go to seven in the Stanley Cups. But I think like if you just roll that hard to the Stanley Cup, like I think you can't. I I think it's impossible to win. You know, go sixteen and zero. Yeah, I mean, remember
1: when the Kings won their first Cup? Like they had a huge streak going into yes, playing New Jersey, yeah, and and they they couldn't be stopped.
0: And yeah, so I think if they do do that, if they do sweep all the way to the Stanley cup, I think it'll be a short Stanley cup. If they don't, I think it'll be a longer one. Like maybe, you know, let less rust things like that. But I don't know. I just watching them, man, I just don't see a way that they lose because like I said, I think even if they play Tampa, I think Tampa is the team that can go, you know, player for player with them. Um, I think Tampa has the better goalie, which is, which is obviously an advantage in this. So, but I just don't, just Nathan McKinnon, man. I just watch him and he's just so locked in. It looks like, like all those guys are just playing so well. Kale McCarr is so good. They move the puck so well on defense. I just, I don't know. I I can't see them losing the way they're playing like right now. And, you know, next week, I mean, last week I said the Bruins were going to win. So I'll probably change again next week. But as of right now, I got, I got Avs to go all the way.
1: So Avs over Tampa or at Boston? Uh, Avs
0: over, I'll say Boston. Okay. In five or six? In five. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Abs Tampa would be the maximum uh, entertainment value. Stanley Cup final, uh, you have just two high-powered offenses. You have superstars. You have the storyline, as you say, of the team trying to defend its title. Um, so I, I hope we get that because I think it would be the best hockey Um, and you're right. I think of all the teams that could come out of that side of the bracket you give Colorado a fight, it would be Tampa, but I don't know, man, Colorado looks like the team. They had the, they had the best team, the regular season, Mm -hmm. albeit not by a wide margin (laughs) points wise. Remember, if you remember Vegas, when we did the last show, Vegas was actually ahead of them at the time. And then at the last minute Colorado jumped over them, but, um, That I don't think they can be stopped. So I I, I agree. Colorado, I'll say Tampa takes them to six games. Abs over. Yeah, I like that.
0: I like that. I just think, too, like I think Boston fans, like from the feeling I got at the game and like everybody I know and like people in sports from that, you know, are Boston fans, I feel like they really think, like, they really think this team is like the bet. Like, this is the team. This is the Stanley Cup team.
1: I but will say like, it is a better team than they've had in recent years. It, it, it is, but it's just like
0: – and they're like, oh, dude, we got Taylor Hall was so good, like whatever. And it's like, <laughs> I know, dude, and you did. You did the right moves. You did the right things. This team is very good, but it's just – you, I just – they are not the avalanche. They just don't have the players.
1: I mean, there, there are some powerhouses that I think are clearly better teams than them. I think Tampa is – I think Colorado is. I mean, I think even, I think Vegas would be Boston, if it if it came to that. To be honest with you, so mm, yeah. Uh, but they do they do have a good team. They they have a good team. They do they do. They do. Than they have in previous years. The Hall addition is a kind of a different element. Yes. And, um, you know, Rask, Rask has a lot to prove. He still hasn't won For a sure. cup. Remember that. He still doesn't want a cup with all the success he, he's had. Um. So I don't know, man. It's uh. It, yeah. It's, it's uh, we get wrapped up in it because we're in the middle of it. Here yeah, in England, but um
0: they do have that but, feeling. There, there is that buzz around them this year, and I think sure. it's it's well deserved. They are very good. They have always needed that wing on Krejci's line, and they found it. And but I just I don't know, man. I, I just wait until I think it's just going to be another Stanley Cup loss for them. It'll be three now. Just wait until
1: Jack Eichels, Jack Eichels no trade clause kicks in and he demands a trade to Boston. I know that would be
0: right. It's (laughs) three. Right? It's three, right? They lost to Chicago, uh St. St. Louis. Louis. And then it would be, you know, to the Avalanche. I think I realistically, (laughs) man, I think that's what's gonna happen. And it's gonna start to be like that feeling, like it's like, damn you go to all these Stanley cups and you lose every time. It's like kind of the opposite of like every other team, like of the Patriots where they go and they, you know, they lose a couple of times, but they pretty much dominate. And it's like, yeah, what do we I have mean, to do, yeah. man? Every time we get there, we just run up against a juggernaut. Like think about the teams If that Chicago team was one of the best teams ever in yeah. my lifetime.
1: Sure.
0: And yeah. then St. Louis just had, again, thinking about the storyline, St. Louis had the storyline that year. Like, I just don't, You know what I mean? (laughs) They had the storyline. So Well, yeah,
1: you have and you have these storylines. We talk about Toronto. Their their storyline is they can't get out of the first round. Mm -hmm. Uh, McDavid's storyline is can't get it done come playoff time. And, you know, Boston, they've had the same story written. They get up, they get deep into the playoffs and even the years they haven't. I mean, they've had other conference finals Mm -hmm. runs um, Mm -hmm. where they come up short. Uh, I mean, didn't they lose to Tampa in the conference finals? Um, yes. How long yes. ago. So I mean, they, they, you know, they, this happens, and uh, I mean, you'd rather have that story. You'd rather have the Boston storyline than, oh, yeah. than the Toronto storyline or the Buffalo storyline. Not don't make the playoffs in a decade, but um, but yeah, it is interesting. I mean, and this has been a pattern. I mean, you know it as a Capitals fan. They had a, they had issues of mm-hmm. having great regular seasons and struggling the playoffs. And remember the San Jose Sharks. They never got over that hump. It's it's and pretty much all.
0: I mean, the ones that you think about are that Chicago team, Tampa. I mean, I guess did, I don't even know if Tampa technically even won the President's Trophy last year. I don't I think they did, but it's kind of hard to tell because it's basically like two separate seasons. Um, yeah. And then now this year, Colorado. But typically the team who wins the President's Trophy has kind of had a curse and it's uh, on its own. Like, um yep. The team that won, like you said, for the Capitals, I don't even think was their best team and they still did it. But yeah, because I think it was the year, two years before, I thought they had a better team and they won the President's Trophy and everything. And yeah, they got bounced again in the second round, like always. But yeah, President's Trophy is normally a curse. It doesn't look like it's going to be this year. So we'll see. But um uh oh last thing and then we can be done we've gone a long time i appreciate your time kills it's been really fun honestly so i didn't was, even I notice worried. how much time it's been um but we got sabers win the lottery
1: <laughs> thoughts yeah i mean you know of course of course they would win it in a year where there's a thin draft class right you know they don't win it the year they could add connor mcdavid they finished second um they did get Rasmus Dalin, and you know that's the jury's out on what he'll turn into but um, I mean, it's a positive thing to happen, right? In, a, in such a negative season where everything went wrong and continued to go wrong with the Eichel story and the, the injury and the surgery and all that stuff. And um, so they'll probably end up taking Owen Power. And, and it's, it's a situation where you, you don't really, getting a defense, they actually have a ton of young defensemen already, but they don't have sizable defensemen. So he brings that. And I think listening to Kevin Adams yesterday, um, I think he's just going to go with the best player available. And I think that's what you do in a thin draft. So, you know, there's people talking about trading the pick, if you're going to blow the whole thing up, but I mean, you're going, you're going to probably go with the youth movement anyways, to what's at what's adding one more rookie to the mix. And he probably won't even play whoever they draft probably won't even play in the NHL this year. And that's fine. So, um, you know, I'll just, just take, take the positive and, and, and run with it. And, there's a lot of decisions to be made this offseason for Cavanaugh. He's got to find a head coach. He's got to figure out what to do with Eichel, Reinhardt, and Ristolainen. He's got to figure out who he's going to expose in the expansion draft. And now who's going to choose first overall. So uh, a short offseason, a lot to do. But um, finally something that goes the Sabres way, I guess, uh, after um, a year of everything going wrong.
0: Yeah. he's got to figure out who's going to drive the Zamboni and fill the popcorn machine since he got promoted to GM now. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> uh, anyways, that was a, sorry, that was a low bowl keels. Um, right. For anyone who doesn't get, get that much joke, lower. he literally used to what he drove the Zamboni at the practice arena or something. I think it was, he was like the facilities manager has yeah, no, no had, GM yeah, experience. He
1: was, yeah. And
0: but, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Um, Yeah, no, I think you just got to hope that they don't try and just pick a forward because that's, you know, really what they need is a forward to play with Eichel. So you got to hope they don't try and reach to do that. Um, I actually don't. I don't hate. I mean, the safe play is, yes, take Owen Power. Uh, He'll probably be a solid defenseman. Um, He's not. I mean, as far as we can tell, he's not going to, you know, set the world on fire, but, you know, he can be a piece, but he's not going to change everything overnight. So I actually don't hate the play of if you I, – I haven't looked at all the rankings or where they think people are going to go, but, like, if you trade out – like, if someone really loves Owen Power, like, whoever's up there that needs a defenseman, and you trade down, like, three, four picks, and you do get a winger, and then you also get a future first-rounder from one of those bad teams. Yeah. That's not a terrible – it's not a terrible play.
1: Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, it's that that that's the luxury of a thin draft class is that you can settle for the second or third overall pick and not necessarily miss out on a yeah uh, stud. And but I I think Eichel's getting traded. I I don't think you're looking for Got someone it. to play with him because I think he's getting traded. So I and it would be interesting to see because how can you, you can't even hire a coach before deciding what you're going to do with Eichel because if you're talking to uh, Bruce Boudreaux or Gerard Gallant or one of these guys they're going to want to know is Jack Eichel on this team because mm-hmm. it's a hard enough sell to get a coach to come to Buffalo, a high profile <laughs> coach, I should say. Uh, but if it's going to be another rebuild, you're just going to, you're just going to hire You're just going to stand on Granado and make, yeah. take the interim tag off. And, and I, to be honest, if they're going that route, I'm fine with it because I like what he did with the young players after Kruger was fired. Yeah, but, it's going to, it's, it's going to be yeah. tough
0: as we start to see jobs open up where, you know, it's weird, like that Gallant didn't really do anything, but I mean, I think he's a good coach. He, he would probably be my pick if you're picking between those two, but yeah, I mean, if Eichel's gone, that's not a very appealing job to whoever cause you're kind of being set up to fail. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, well, you're just not going to win right away. And if you're, if you are a guy like that, you're not going to, you, you're not, in for a rebuild. You don't want to coach a bunch of young guys. Yeah. I've heard Rick Tockett's name as well. I think uh, he was confirmed to have interviewed with them. Um, and so a guy that hasn't had a track record of success, but does have experience and is supposedly highly respected. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's whoever you draft. I think you are, you're, you're just going with best player available and you're going in with the mindset of we're going to be, we're going to be selling off as many pieces as we can. Like I, I would have been singing a completely different tune prior to those exit interviews, but when Eichel and Reinhardt came out and basically made it clear that they did not want to be in Buffalo, that changes everything. If the players don't want to be there, I don't want them there as a fan. And I imagine as a GM, but you know, you have, you have to get your due diligence. You have to get a King's ransom. If you're going to trade Eichel, you have to get value back. if You're going to trade Reinhardt. so it's not like it's a, you can't not like just you can say get rid of them they don't want to be here you have to make sure you're getting what their their worth is um, and for a you know young GM that's a it's a big ask there's a lot of pressure for a team that is supposedly rock bottom there's still a lot of pressure on Kevin Adams to to do this the right way so I'm glad I'm not in his shoes let's put it that way
0: yeah definitely and I think you're right we said it before that whatever they do that's what that's what I'm saying is he needs to just make. He can't make panic moves. He cannot make panic moves. He cannot reach for a forward to try and make Jack Eichel happy. He also as unhappy as he- Eichel could possibly get. You have him locked up. You do not let go of him until you get what he's worth. You do not t- not a dime back. What is that that quote from uh, uh, Jim Calhoun? You do not Islanders just scored. You do not you, you don't take a cent less than he's worth, basically, is what I'm saying, because you need everything there. And, you know, you can, you really have the luxury to hold on to him as long as you want because it's not like it matters. Like, you, yeah, so well, you, you have
1: to, you, I would get rid of, you have to get rid of him before that no trade kicks in, uh, because then that, that yeah. makes it much more difficult, which I believe happens at some point next season. Um, okay. So, yeah. So you're right. Like, uh, and but the, the the big elephant in the room is the surgery like is is he going to pursue that experimental surgery um what's going to happen there may be a grievance situation <laughs> between him and the sabers which would just make the relationship even worse but yeah you're right though like you can't you cannot get a underwhelming return for nope. a player of his stature and so it's a tough it's, it's, it's a tough situation it really is Definitely. Definitely. And also All right, the, uh, light, the lightning score as well. So that's two,
0: two. Oh, nice. All right. Two tie games to watch before we uh, go to bed tonight. So anyways, Keels, has been fun. I really appreciate it. This has been a long one as it was awesome. This is one of the best ones we've done. So um bummed Bryce couldn't make it, but uh, I'm glad you could. And uh, we will probably, you know, continue to get your thoughts as we go here throughout the playoffs. Um. As long as you want to keep
1: coming back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always happy to come on. It's it's always a pleasure. And Bryce, uh, I'll keep keeping the seat warm for you. But again, careful, <laughs> careful. how long you careful. careful how long you stay away. That's almost uh, that.
0: I don't know, Bryce, you might need to start missing that kid's birthdays and stuff if you want to keep your job. Uh <laughs> I can't wait till he listens to this. Uh, but anyways, uh uh thanks to everyone for listening. As always, follow at the recap pod underscore on Twitter um catch us there for all the hot takes um also my personal account too and you can follow keels as well what is it keely mike on twitter
1: keely mike k-e-e-l-e-y-m-i-k-e
0: all right give him a follow uh you know creeping up almost october so we'll we'll get there a few months so um you'll catch him uh calling mariners games and uh again great to have you on thanks man
1: thanks